Patrick Pooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club. This is Matt Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Number 34 in our 50 most relevant. He is one of the most exciting prospects probably of the past decade that has come through the under-18 championships. Injury ruined last year. Fingers crossed it doesn't for 2020. I'm talking about Gold Coast son, Isaac Rankin. To help me talk about this, former South Australian superstar for his first podcast episode of the 2020 preseason. I've got Jimmy. Hello, buddy. Oh, hello, MJ. Just waking up for preseason now. And uh, gosh, uh, you're throwing Rankin at me. Um, case open, case closed. Pick him, move on. Who's number 33? Uh, pretty close to how the episode's going to go. But for the benefit of those that do <laughs> need some convincing or, or understanding just how incredibly prestigious this talented teenager is, gosh, he is going to be, in time, one of the most electric players the AFL has seen of the modern era. From a fantasy mm. perspective, there's not much to talk about from last year in terms of the elite level because did not make it there. We'll get to that in a moment. But in terms of his price point, he is listed as a forward only. He's going to set you back, well, pretty much basement price across all the formats. Just over 120000 in Supercoach, just over 160000 in Dream Team, while for AFL Fantasy, $170,000. And Jimmy, when we talk about Isaac Rankin, there was so much hype heading into last year around him. The top three draft pick, um, he lit up that preseason in, in the limited Marsh uh, JLT season games that he got, but then a, a pretty serious hamstring injury in the second of the preseason matches ruined his start to the year. That kind of got an Im- impact and you know further delays through that. It wasn't until round 13 he played his first kneeful game, then had a hip concern. He, he did come back for the last two couple of years, but... From Isaac's perspective, fantasy coaches and and really football fans in general, we got robbed of seeing an incredible talent at the elite level last year. Oh, we certainly did, and uh, and I think you know we we rewind back uh, twelve months now, and we were excited about bringing him into our teams at a hundred grand more than he's priced at this year. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, and he's now had yeah, we've got a a beautiful little discount on that. He's had twelve months in the system now. He's got a bit more awareness about him. He's had a uh, a full preseason last year before those injuries is important to know. Mm. Um, and uh, coming into to this season now, um, he seems to be fit and firing and, and looking pretty good. So um, I understand some will be a little concerned. Um, you know, he's had a, a couple of injuries and a couple of different types of injuries. Um, and so there might be some question marks on it, on his body from that point of view. But um, honestly, I think if, uh, if he's looking good in the preseason and he's named for round one, um, it'd be hard to pass up on him at that price. Yeah, I think so. Look, from a stats perspective, in those three needful games, he averaged 11 disposals, two marks, four tackles, three inside 50s, which, again, was off limited game time, knowing that he was coming back off, off multiple setbacks and multiple injuries. So while you look at those numbers and go, oh, that's not huge, remember, we're paying a basement price for him. And that was off limited game time in the kneeful. Um, in terms of, you know, sorry, what were you saying? Yeah, I was going to say exactly that. And, and it means, too, that um, you know, we're, we're not picking him to be Sam Walsh. You know, it's, no. Um, under no um, expectation should he be, we'll be looking at thinking, yep, that's 100 week in, week out. Happy <laughs> um, he's 
easily every bit as talented as Sam Walsh, but it's a different kind of role that he'll be coming into. And I think that's important to keep in mind too. So there's going to be a lot of um, variance in his scoring. Um, yeah. you know, that they'll start him off more forward, I'd imagine, mm-hmm. um, than, than midfield. Um, he'll get a couple of rotations here and there. And as the Suns try and figure out what their best team looks like this year with um, all of the, the new kids and the, and the older players that they've brought in, um, there'll be a lot of pe- um, a lot of players thrown around in different positions, and, and Rankin will be part of that, I'm sure. Um, but it means that some weeks he will score quite well, um, but he, you know, if he goes on a bit of a run, kicks a couple of goals or gets a few mid-rotations, but there'll be other weeks where he does score a, a stinky 30 or 40 and puts a big halt in his cash generation, but it only takes one more good score to get that going again. So I think he's um, that type that... Yeah, you don't pick necessarily to be super excited about playing on field and banking hundreds week in, week out. Mm. But again, at that price and with his potential, how do you say no? Yeah, I think that's a fair call, man. Look, in terms of the type of talent he is, he is one of the most extraordinary match winners. He has this rare ability to make even the most accomplished elite defender look foolish. He's he's lightning quick. He's agile. He's composed with ball in hand. He has this swarming pressure whenever he's without it. He has this incredible knack of knowing where the goals are. Um, he's one of the most complete, dynamic, kind of small forward to mid to medium type players I've ever seen come through the under-18 championships. And the fact that Gold Coast have him is a huge victory for that club as they really have been on their knees the past couple of years. He, along with guys like Lacocious, King, Raul, Anderson, Flanders, um, are going to be an incredible dynamic group. Yeah, like that. that is, if they can hold that for the next eight to ten years, that is the nucleus mm. of an incredible AFL club if these guys can fulfill their potential. Um, from an under-18 championships, you know, across 27 and 18, he averaged 17 disposals, four marks, two tackles, and a couple of goals a game in the Sandful. Um, he actually got to play uh, against men, um, which is really important for us to be able to know. Some don't rate the the Neeful tournament um, numbers, mm. understand why. Um, but in his draft year, at 10 matches, he averaged 14 disposals, four marks, two tackles, a couple of inside 50s a game, and a goal a game. I think you did sum it up really nicely without trying to halt the podcast early. <laughs> it's it is a pretty simple equation, isn't it? If if Rankin is fit, yeah. he's in the best twenty two. And at his price point, as a forward, I don't know how you can pass up on him. No, it it, it seems pretty pretty simple to me, honestly. It's um and, and but um, I guess the thing that can potentially throw a spanner in the works just to, to try and play devil's advocate and not have this podcast wrapped up in three minutes is that, um, yeah, if, if he's not named round one that, you know, and, and I guess there is a potential for that, you know, for whatever reason, if he's a little bit sore coming in or if, um, God, I don't know, the, um, the, the selection panel there decides for whatever reason that they want to give him a few games in the knee mm. I don't know, but, um, there is still that possibility. And so like as with um, every year and with every rookie that we're looking at, I think it's important to have options for who you're going to pick if you're not picking him. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, if he's named round one, you'd think he's going to get at least a few games to, to find his feet and see, see what he can do at the level because they've not seen him play seniors before. No. Um, so it's not as though I think he'd be picked for round one and then drop straight away, even if he's a little bit quiet. I think they'll give him a few... Um, see what he can do, give him a chance to show off that um, precocious talent that he has, um, 
you know, which which is good news for us as coaches. Certainly is. He had a couple of preseason matches last year. One of those games didn't play the whole game. The other got injured. But in terms of points per minute from a fantasy and a super coach perspective, was tracking along just fine. In, in my eyes, he's got job security. That is the first most mm-hmm. fundamental point when it comes to identifying our cash cows. We we need them to make money as quickly as possibly as we can. And they cannot make cash if they are not in the side. And so if they have no job security or his best job security as a debutante or a cash cow can, Isaac Rankin has that. He's inside probably not just their best 22. This is not a slide on his teammates. It's just how talented I see him as, <clears throat> as I hit puberty for the first time. Um, I think he's inside the best 10 players at Gold Coast already. Um, that's how good he is as a player. Which is which is a huge goal, given we've not seen him at, yeah. the, at the level yet. But um, but honestly, I'd be inclined to agree. You know, without making this too much of a love fest for the kid, it's um, he's uh, yeah. There's, all the signs are, are there for us. Um, and yeah, the the only point that I want to highlight again is that while we about job security, is that mm. we don't necessarily know how well he's going to score on the field yeah. week in week out. And that's the um, thing, isn't it? Is we just we yeah. know that he'll. He, I really believe he'll play forward first. Their, mm-hmm. their midfield's actually quite healthy in, in in terms of should all their players be available. It's not an all star midfield. It, it, it's not a Collingwood or a Richmond or a West Coast. It, you know, it's not these kind of teams that you're like. Man, this is just star-studded. But guys like Anderson, Rao, Swallow, Bowes, Miller, um, you know, Greenwood. Like, it, it's solid. Yeah, it, Fiorini. It, yeah, yeah, Fiorini. Like, it's not like you look at it and go, oh, that is a horrible midfield. You go, look, it, it, it's not star-studded. But in time, that's going to be hmm. a really good midfield group. So I do think he'll predominantly be inside forward 50 um, as his yeah. main role. One or two center bounces, um, you know, maybe a quarter, a couple of minutes through there and as you said as a guy playing predominantly inside forward 50 it's going to be his scoreboard impact and how many times he hits the scoreboard that is going to fluctuate his scoring and based off that we are going to see some pretty potentially big swings like we do I suppose with key forwards um, where one week we could get a 40 and we're like, no, that's not great on field. The next week you're like, I'll put him on the bench and he'll go and score you an 80-90 because he gets three goals and on the end of a couple. So we are going to see some deviation in terms of scoring, but but that's very standard for all cash cows unless their name was Sam Walsh. Yeah, and that, and that's the thing. And and given that um, you know, Gold Coast have got the the last of the buys as well, yeah. which is handy, Um if if we need to hold him that long, we we can afford to do so, um, and and it means that if he does have that quiet patch, and there's every chance it does happen sure. that for three or four weeks in a row, he'll score us you know thirty forty or thereabouts, and you know, his generation will just completely halt. There's no need to panic with him either, because uh, as you said, there's um, you know assuming he's fit, he should be clearly best twenty two. Um, the, they may change up his role a little bit, give yeah. him some different opportunities, some different things to do. Um, and it will only then take one score of, you know, that, that 75, 85, you know, touch wood, 90 or above, that um, could then completely kickstart that catch, cash generation again and we keep him going for a couple more weeks. So he's um, that type that we're going to have a lot of luxury with in terms of when we trade him. Um, yeah, and again, that, that all, all signs appear positive. Yeah, look, in my eyes, I, I, I can't see how I'm not going to start Isaac Rankin if he's fit yeah. and named round one. What's going to be a really crucial game is that round three matchup 
um, which for Dream Team and for Supercoach, again, assuming he plays um, every single match, that round three matchup against the Suns or in Supercoach and Dream Team, the prices change. What he scores in that game is really going to immediately t- determine how quickly that cash generation starts. Um, you yeah. can have a quieter game in, in round one or two against Port Adelaide and Gold Coast, but if he gets a 40 on that match against the Swans at Metricon, that really could halt um, that cash generation a little bit for us. But like you said, he, he's just as likely to pick that back up, you know, five or six rounds deeper into it. And, you know, say against a, a Brisbane Lions in round 10, he's just as likely to pump out an 80 for us. So, yeah, look, I think we've said it a few times now. It's really simple. If this young man is fit in by round one, he's playing. And if he's playing... As a forward, I, I I almost find him irresistible to pass on at this mm. point in the preseason. Unless seven or eight better scoring cash cows with equal job security come along, sure, maybe I'll change my mind. I can't forecast that right now, so that's why for me he's pretty much a lock away in all of my sides. Yeah, I'd, I'd tend to agree. To be honest, um, the uh, what um, makes a little more of a, a maybe a more interesting discussion is in a draft format. Yeah, let's talk um, about that because both from a keeper league and a single season league, um, single yeah. season. I'm not look. Maybe he'll go super late in drafts. He doesn't have a DPP, so there's not that mm. added versatility he can give you to your squad. Someone might, as you know, like as we talked about the other day on the podcast, you know, the Stephen Hill rule that Rids has of the podcast, which is by the time Stephen Hill's off the board, that's when you start picking, you know, these debutantes and, and these brand new draftees uh, for yeah. the Richard Douglas rule. So maybe that's the time you go yep. for Rankin. But given we're oh, not look, sold it, on I it. I think it is, to be honest. Um, and I think, again, we know that he's going to have some low scores. Yeah. Um, and that's all well and good. And Gold Coast being what they are, are not going to have much to offer in the way of loopholes for us this season either. So, it's not like there's going to be much benefit in that too, but he's the type of player that I think is worth drafting in the later rounds for mm. you. Um, not not to have on field certainly, but if he's there when you when you're picking through your bench options, I do think he's the type that's worth getting because if he does have a couple of decent scores in the first few rounds and you're still sitting there going, oh gee, he is still playing mostly forward. I don't think that sort of level sustainable. Um, He's the type that you should be able to then trade to someone who's a little mm. over keen, like like you or myself, <laughs> and uh, and get some solid value out of him. So, I think he's worth picking um, on the basis that uh, if you can buy him low in the later rounds and then sell him high after a couple of decent scores, mm. you know, in the the you know, sort of second quarter of the season, then um, that's a, I think not a, a bad strategy to use with him in terms of a single season league. What about for a keeper league? Like, where do you value mm. him at the moment? Um, probably six months ago or eight months ago, you know, yeah. where he was midway through the season, hadn't played, was probably an ideal time to trade for him. How highly should a, a owner or a potential owner be valuing um, Isaac Rankin in keeper leagues? Sure. I think um, along similar lines to to what I was hinting with the single season. He's the type of player that coaches um, or some coaches will get emotionally attached to. Um, that doesn't know, sound like a keeper league, Jimmy, at all. No, no, not at all. But um, but he's the sort of player that if I owned him in a keeper league and I heard you talking about him like this now and you know, we all have group chats with, um, with our other coaches with this sort of stuff and there's someone who's just endlessly waffling about how much they love Rankin. He's the sort of player that you should be able to trade for more than he's worth. Um, 
And so I wouldn't be against trading him out if I owned him, um, if I could get a pretty decent offer out of it. Um, and what decent means, of course, will be different for everyone. But uh, I think he's not the sort of type that you have to hold, you know, no matter what, sure. because of the type of player he is. He's more of an impact player, I think, at this point than a than an accumulator. And so, um, well, he's nice to have, and he is going to produce some good scores from time to time. It's going to be a a slow burn before he's a consistent premium in his line, um, whether that's forward or mid down the track. Um, and so if you can get value for that now, I wouldn't be against trading him. Um, that said, if you're the sort, if you're the type of player who doesn't own him yet but wants to, you're probably going to have to pay overs to get him now. All right, we've not enough. seen him play. We don't know what, we, what he can do. But good luck trying to pry him out of someone on the promise of potential. Um, I think, yeah, most are going to overvalue him for those same reasons. Yeah, we often do that, don't we? And, and because yeah. <laughs> the person that does own him, and if, they, if they've mm. held on to him, they probably drafted him with one of the opening few handful yeah. selections in, in their dra- redraft um, years. So, yeah, look, he, he's going to be valued highly in keeper leagues to his current owner, more than likely. Um, but I, I think he's going to be a superstar of the competition. Whether that translates to fantasy numbers, time will tell, but he's going to be yeah. a fun player to own, if nothing else, uh, for keeper league coaches. Oh, absolutely. And a fun player to watch once he gets up and going too. I'm really genuinely excited to see him play seniors this year. Yeah, me too, man. Hey, appreciate your work talking about Isaac Rankin. No worries, mate. Anytime. If you want to go and check out the article on him, uh, it is all there available for you now at coachespanel.tv. That is also where you can go and get all the links to gain early access to these podcasts by joining our Patreon. If you're loving what you're getting from the Coaches Panel this preseason, make sure you join that Patreon army to get early access content. But there's also additional exclusive content that you just won't get anywhere else but the Patreon army. You do get it. We head earlier into the 30s of the 50 most relevant tomorrow, and it is an absolute cracker. Until then, I can't wait to chat to you about more fantasy football players for 2020.